As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everybody, this is Isaac. Today we've got a special episode. I'm going to be bringing you a show I did on Infinite Fringe with Billy Ray. We chopped it up on a variety of topics. Madonna, Dave Chappelle, Drake, Ariana Grande, Tupac, Temptation, Taylor Swift. Maybe you've heard of these people. Yeah, on this show we chopped it up on all that. Uh, we go into the pop culture realm of Illuminati conspiracy. And uh, I, he allowed me to share this with you on my feed. And you should check out his show, Infinite Fringe. It's on Podbean. He has a pretty good guest on there too. Max Egan, Mark Devlin, William Ramsey, Crow777. We had a good show here and I wanted to uh, share it with you. And I also want to tell you that if you want the greatest hits banned from YouTube, my six most controversial videos that YouTube gave me some level of grief over, from copyright strikes to shutting my channel down completely, go to gumroad.com backslash Isaac W. That's gum as in bubblegum, road, gumroad.com backslash Isaac W. On there... You can get the videos and uh, you could also get some signed copies. I've got some paperbacks on there. I got a few copies of The Dark Path left. You can uh, get a signed paperback right to your door. But if you get these videos, I got to warn you, it is 99 cents because Gumroad, they need to host and serve these videos because you can stream them or download them. And they require a payment. So. Otherwise, I would have given it to you for free. And I know you're asking, you're saying, Isaac, you just got done telling me you're on the D-Tube and Steam it. It's true. But I'm doing a little more research on that before I upload my videos because once you get them out there, they are on the video blockchain. And I want to really make sure that's what I want. Because things get a little weird online. For example, somebody stole my post about Prince and his Illuminati blood sacrifice death, published it in a, a book, and put it on Amazon. 
It sounds crazy, but that's what happens. There's just a lot of weird stuff that happens on this end. So, anyways, I'm just being a little cautious about it. For now, let's try the gum road thing, see how that works. Uh, I'm going to be working on my Area 51 documentary. That'll be out real soon. That'll be available on the gum road as well. So, depending on when you're listening to this, snoop around, see if you can find that on there as well. Uh, but again, this is Billy Ray's show, Infinite Fringe. Uh, check him out on Podbean. And uh, enjoy the show, also courtesy of Patreon supporters, by the way. Oh, you haven't heard of Patreon? Patreon.com backslash Illuminati Watcher. That's how you can support me and my show. Anyways, enjoy. Talk to you later. <laughs> when Martin Lawrence was in that chair, we talked about Blue Streak. I love that. He played a role in your life, I believe. How do you feel about him as a person, as an artist? Martin Lawrence is a guy that showed everybody you can make it from D.C. to Hollywood. And uh, I had a personal stake in his success. Every time he did something, it made me feel inspired and really good. And he was always real nice to me. He'd sit me down, what's going on with you, baby boy? What, what? We'd talk about comedy, whatever. And, uh, you know, when we did Blue Streak, we were promoting it, and Martin had a stroke. He almost died. And then after that, I saw him, and I was like, oh, my God, Martin, are you okay? And he said, I got the best sleep I ever got in my life. That's how tough he is. So let me ask you this. What is happening in Hollywood that a guy that tough will be on the street waving a gun, screaming, they are trying to kill me? Yeah. What's going on? Why is Dave Chappelle going to Africa? Why does Mariah Carey make a $100 million deal and take clothes off on TRL? A weak person cannot get to sit here and talk to you. Ain't no weak people talking to you. So what is happening in Hollywood? Nobody knows. The worst thing to call somebody is crazy, is dismissive. I don't understand this person, so they're crazy. That's bullshit. These people are not crazy, they're strong people. Maybe the environment is a little sick. going on everybody and welcome back to the infinite fringe my name is billy ray valentine coming to you from new york city around the world across the plane anywhere you can hear my voice right now man very excited to have isaac whitetop on with me this has been a long time coming illuminati eyes illuminati watcher what's up bud hey man how you been i'm I'm, uh i'm happy to be on here finally yeah man um good times man i'm glad you can make it um we well, you wouldn't even know this, but I, I am big into music and the music industry and uh, entertainment. Well, not so much anymore. I mean, if you can even call what's going on uh, uh, nowadays entertainment, because it's, it's quite frankly dreadful. You know, and some of the stuff that you do, you have to be commended for doing because I don't know how people sit through this dribble anymore, but you do it. Not only do you do it, you sit down and you break it down. 
uh how do you do this man like really mm. what's up there's there's some there's sometimes where uh, it does take a toll and it's mostly when i get into some of the darker subject matters that i've had experiences where i'll have like kind of nightmares about stuff real vivid uh scary dreams or whatever and uh you know i don't know it's tough because there's times when I think, man, this is like becoming too much of an obsession and it kind of like takes over my personal life. Uh, but then I keep coming back to it because to me, it seems like there's this, there's this hidden inner truth that seems so obvious, but you have to like peel back all these layers of the onion to try to understand each piece of it. Yeah. And, and, and I don't profess to understand how it all fits together yet, uh, but that's what kind of keeps me coming back to it is... I, I've seen enough to know that there's there's definitely something going on yeah. and I've always felt like you said I always focused on like the music industry entertainment primarily because because a that's the funnest way to do it and B that's the best way for others to understand some of these sort of far out there bizarre concepts that you know most people will start start falling asleep once you start if you if you don't have a good example to sort of convey the uh, the, the message. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you whatsoever. The music industry and, of course, the Mandela Effect are the easiest ways to ease people into this type of thinking. You know, it's like a primer or Conspiracies 101 here. You know, like, learn this and, and you can put your, your, your fat toe into the pond and see if it works out for you. You know, because it's, uh, it's uh, palatable. People dig it. People are into it, and this is how to get people in, and you do a pretty good job at breaking this stuff down, man. Unfortunately, YouTube shut you down, and I want to talk about it because uh, also friend of the show, Crow777, what's up, Crow? Um, he had issues with YouTube, and of course, he was able to fight them back, and they reinstated him. Alex Jones right now, I'm sure you're aware, he's been shut down by everyone in the world. And, uh, you know, Alex Jones is considered uh, by people in our community to be a shill at this point, And they're, they're, they're shutting him down. But uh, they took you off, man. They took you offline. Well, what's the current status of your channel? Have you heard anything from them? Yeah, so I, I can give you a little background on what happened here. And I didn't know that Crow got, was able to get back on YouTube. That's, uh, that's impressive. He was able to kind of fight them to get back on. I, I saw... I saw Crow had a channel on, I thought it was Steam it or something. Anyways, I saw, I saw somewhere. Anyway, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. But um, what happened with me was things were doing really well with YouTube. Uh, over the last you know four years, five years or whatever it was, I uploaded about 200 videos. And right before they banned me, I had about 73,000 subscribers. Yeah. Uh, over 10 million views on everything. I had a few videos that had gone viral, over a million views. Um, you know, and, and it was doing really well. But then back when Trump got elected, we had this fake news fallout. And around that same time, we also had what they called the adpocalypse uh, because of this, this uh, I don't remember the guy's name, some idiot who was on here saying anti-Semitic stuff. And it, it created this whole fallout where YouTube started to take a closer look at video content and saying and limiting who could monetize their videos. And I got lumped in with hate speech or, or something. They, they never told me why I, I argued with them back and forth many times trying to get an answer as to why they were like punishing me. Uh, they never gave me that. They kept referring me to the community guidelines page, which has 
like 10 different things that you can't do. And to the best of what I could discern from it was they thought on some levels I was either hate speech or I don't know. I, I don't get it because um, a lot of my stuff is approached from a more rational realm. I don't like to talk bad about people per se. Uh, I would, you know, like Mark Dice, he's the kind of guy they would say, Taylor Swift's a, a, a whore bag and I, that's not me. I don't, I don't like to talk about people like that. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really understand it, but I was like, whatever, you know, I don't care. They, I, they kept allowing me to upload the videos. I just couldn't monetize it. Not a big deal. Yeah. Then about a year later, Taylor Swift, who, you know, um, I just talked about, <laughs> but, <laughs> but Taylor Swift had a, uh, her new album out. And I think this was the summer of, 17 i don't know my dates could be screwy but she had a, a her new album drop and i made a little analysis of her the, the first video that came off of that yeah and i noticed and i and i put it on youtube and what was curious about that moment in time was i noticed that the like huffington post buzzfeed cnn all these sort of like mainstream news organizations they all decided they were going to have this analysis of Taylor Swift's video and decoding all the symbols in the video. And of course, when you read the article, it was like just nonsense. It's, it's whitewash. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, Taylor Swift talking about her boyfriend here. And I'm like, no man, <laughs> like she's, she, she's talking about witches over here and like doing this stuff and that stuff. And, um, was well, this the, so, the, like the transhumanist video that she had? She had some, I think so, man. I, yeah. I, 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 sorry, I'm not, no, you're prepared, good. You're good. You're good. Come on. It, it, it was a, uh, a video that, yeah, I think that was it. I think it was one where like she, she turned into a robot or something. Yeah, kind. some nonsense. Yeah. Good. And um, I, I noticed all those things before I made my video because the video dropped and like immediately the next day, everyone had these articles on it. And, I, and I've been doing this long enough that I, if, if a big artist drops a new video, I'm pretty good at being on the pulse of it and immediately watching it and trying to come up with a, a quick analysis to provide like as, as soon as I can. And no one in the news media had ever been doing this. I've been doing this for years. And I, I, I just it struck me as very curious because I thought, well, this is something new. I didn't know they were going to start giving us the, the 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 quote unquote, you know, true story of what what's happening in this video. No, absolutely. Let me let me interrupt you right there. Just yeah. so, and I'll let you get back on track ASAP. But I noticed that um, almost right away. There were tons of people, not just the mainstream, but other people like like fan fan related uh, breakdowns of this video and the occult, not not necessarily occult, but hidden, quote unquote, hidden messages in the video. So it all got out, you know, that this is what they were trying to portray. And even now with all type, like with the ape shit video that came out, you mm -hmm. saw a mainstream ape shit by Jay-Z. You saw uh, a mainstream breakdowns of the meaning of the video before they would just say, ah, oh, that's a bunch of nonsense. You know, what are you mm -hmm. talking about? It's just entertainment. It's just entertainment. Now they've been forced, and I think this is a good thing, they've been forced to acknowledge that there are hidden messages in these videos. Whether or not they're, they're giving us the real is a different story, but at least now it's in public view that these videos are, there's more to meet, to meet the eye there. Go ahead. Yeah, man, you and you nailed it. That's exactly what's happening. Is uh, you know when Beyonce and Jay Z dropped the ape shit video, that I saw that too. I, I saw all these news outlets immediately the next day. Same thing with Childish Gambino's "This Is America." Yeah, and you know these these Buzzfeeds and the type 
these people are morons. They they're given a script and they just recite what the script is. This is what David Icke talked about back when he said he was a journalist for the BBC. He said these these journalists they're just repeaters. They just tell me what to say and I'll say it. You yeah. know, and and that's what these these handlers of Childish Gambino and Jay Z and then they they hand the script to the news outlets and say here tell them it's this and then they'll you know it's always some some fluff piece about what it is and i think it's right i think it's because people were interested in seeing the symbolism of these videos and uh it's it's there and well anyways let me finish my my, yeah, my yeah. YouTube <laughs> sad sad crying story so i it was the i looked it up taylor swift's look what you made me do video mm-hmm. that this happened i i uploaded it boom and the next morning i get up and i check my email and they had not only removed the video, they closed me out of my own account, and I had to take this YouTube uh, community guidelines training where it walked me through how to like be a decent human being. And I was like, "This is absurd," because, like I said before, like all I do is I literally will watch the video, I'll see something, and I'll say, "Here's something we see in the video, and here's an occult-related doctrine that suggests that maybe that's what we're seeing here." Um, and that's essentially what I do. And, and they removed me. I did the little training. I got a copyright strike and they kind of, you know, slapped me on the hand and said, bad boy. And I was like, okay, that was freaking weird. So, so that happened. Um, let me give you a date here. Uh, that happened in August, 2017, about a year ago. Then, uh, I continued to upload videos and they would kick some of them out without me being able to upload them and some of them they would allow me to upload but they would put a advertisements on the front of it saying and they would say i like kind of violated some sort of copyright uh and whatever it was fine as long as i could play the video i didn't care then i uploaded one about ariana grande about a month ago and they closed me out of the account entirely and they won't give me an explanation i filed their formal petition appeal process and within an hour, they kicked it back and said, no, nope, you're done. Hmm. And they, they, they won't even give me uh, an answer as to what specifically the problem was. Because prior to that, um, I, had been, I had been emailing them. I'd been on their chat support. Because when you get above, I don't remember what the number is. I think it's like 10,000 subscribers. You get access to different levels of sort of technical support. And, you know, because I had 73,000 or whatever, I was, you know, I'm able to like chat with some people immediately. And, and, and I, I recorded the whole transcript of this chat I did with this person because it was so insane because they wow. just kept, they kept, they basically like a, talking to a politician. They kept saying, go read the guidelines, you know, <laughs> and, and, and for months I had been trying to argue with YouTube and said, okay, I get that you won't let me monetize the video. I get that you're saying that these things are bad. Tell me what specifically is bad so I can understand. Yeah. And they, they just never were able to do that. And, uh, you know, this just adds fuel to this conspiracy that I've been looking at for years about how the entertainment is part of the programming system for a bigger agenda. And, and that's ultimately the big question. What is this big agenda? Well, you know what I find. Go ahead. Finish up. Sorry. No, I was just going to say because to me it seems like the, the biggest lie that, that I believed before getting really deep into this research was that they say stuff like – how you know music doesn't really have an effect on you mm. or uh and things like that but like that that's so uh that's so not true i mean these the, the music it influences your mood there's studies that prove this 
Um, there's these emotional experiences that you have at places like concerts. There's group energy that you can get from concerts. I mean, there's there's a lot going on in the subconscious level on a sort of energetic level, not to sound too woo-woo-y, but like I, I believe wholeheartedly that they understand this and they want to keep us ignorant to that fact. No, man, um, music is magic. It is literally magic. The drumbeat is magic. I mean, I know you, you want to talk about woo-woo. I, I'll do it all day long, right? Yeah, so, um, so feel free. But uh, I legit think it's magic. Like you said, it changes moods. You know, you, you want to you wanna set the tone with a lady, you play a particular type of music, and there you go. You know, you want to get angry, you can do that too. The drum beat is something that's primal in the human being. You know, uh, you, you hit the drum beat, you hit a particular one, your head is going to nod no matter what. It's just going to start happening. I mean, at least if, if you're a human and you have a soul, um, the way I look at it. But listen, um, I think eventually they're going to restore your channel. This is what YouTube does. But the bigger question is, will you go back? Like, I, I think it's time... Right. And, and I mean, there are other outlets which you're on that I just got put on to. I've heard about them here to there, but I actually went on it because of you to see what you got going on over there. Um, I, I don't know what those things have to offer. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, but is going back to YouTube a solution. I remember when Crow was going through his issues. I told him, yeah, go back. Screw it. And he was like, I don't know. I mean, he, he ultimately did. And I don't blame him for it. But I think it's time that we find something else. In Truth Frequency Radio, we try to do that over there. Big shouts to Chris and Cherie Gio for keeping that platform up. But we need, we need something else. YouTube isn't, isn't the way to go anymore. Just, just my opinion. Go ahead. Yeah, that's an that's that's interesting idea that they would maybe reinstate my channel because like when I, when I kind of like, it's weird because I can kind of like log in but it shows completely like zero, like no videos, no nothing. And, and thank God I backed everything up on hard drives. Otherwise, I would have lost everything. And, um, I mean, maybe they've got a copy and they, they can They definitely do. It. Dude, oh, I'm okay. telling you now, in about two months, maybe three, you're going to log in, everything's going to be there again. Huh, that would be interesting. And, and what's funny was before that, or before they banned me, I had had conversations with some friends about this whole situation and I said, you know, because these videos, they take time to put together, like, and it, it takes time and effort to put these videos together. And the more quality of the video, the longer it takes. And there was a point where, you know, they demonetized it and they were punishing me and they kept giving me like these copyright things. And I thought, man, this is just not worth it. But the problem is YouTube. I mean, it's like they're they're essentially, you know, Google owns them. But it's kind of like a search engine. Like nobody's going to anything but Google. I mean, it's they they own the the uh, the term for it. It's kind of like Kleenex with tissues. Like they own it, man. Yeah. Uh, no one's no one's going anywhere else to search for stuff. And like we can we can find other options. Like there's people were on my social medias were giving me all kinds of ideas. There's like Real Dot Video, which was started by uh, that that health guy. I can't remember his name. <laughs> but anyways, there's there's real dot video. There's uh, and there's the the option that I chose, which is Steam it and DTube, yeah. which I don't profess to fully understand what's happening. But it's it, the DTube is some kind of blockchain, which means I upload the video and it's 
it's out there forever. Like you can't take it down, which is is good and bad at the same time. Uh, because what I'm concerned about, and I didn't think about this until after I uploaded my first intro video to DTube, what I'm concerned about is uploading something and getting in some kind of trouble for uploading it and then being unable to remove it yeah. because it kind of goes out on this blockchain and then it takes on a life of its own. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of, and it's, it's like brand new sort of technology and, you know, I, I'll be damned if I really understand how the whole thing works. I, I get the gist of it, but it's it promises to be censorship free because you could really upload anything you want. But, <laughs> yeah. but if YouTube wanted me back, you know, like the the the, the without getting uh, too emotional about it, like it was kind of like an abusive relationship they had with me, and like I kept saying, "Man, why do I keep coming back to YouTube?" Like they 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 treat me like shit and they, and they obviously don't want me around. And then they, when they banned me, I was like, Oh, good riddance. But the truth of the matter is, and this is, I'm going to guess what, what crow might've went through. The truth of the matter is that's where everybody's at. And if you want to get your message out there, you've got it. You've got to do it. You've got to be on YouTube because no one's, no one's going anywhere else. I, I tried daily motion and I had a couple there and you know, you'll splash with a couple hundred views, but that's nothing. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Daily Motion even hit me with a copyright strike because <laughs> uh, I did a video about Dave Chappelle and YouTube wouldn't let me upload it. So then I uploaded it to Daily Motion and then a week later they hit me and I was like, this is crazy because, I mean, I get that I'm using – I get that I'm using images that I don't specifically own. But it's also kind of in accordance with the fair use stuff where I'm trying to point out the uh, the concept here. I'm trying to sort of teach – a lesson and I've seen plenty of documentaries that do this like on Amazon and such. So yeah, uh, I don't really understand what their problem is with me exactly. And, and they haven't been able to answer that, but if YouTube offered me my channel back, I mean, I don't know, like a, like a sad little puppy. I'd probably take it to be yeah, honest. No, and I wouldn't blame you for it. Uh, Crow went ahead and established his own platform that he has over there. He's still using YouTube, but it's not his primary uh, source of focus. He's, uh, he's doing his own thing over at his channel. And uh, he's... Uh, like on his own website? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Crow777radio.com. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Crow radiocom Go okay, over man, there. check go, it yeah, out. Go check it out. Hey, maybe... I looked at hosting, but uh, like hosting videos, is it's a complicated process. You yeah. gotta, it's a whole ordeal. You got to figure out how to make videos so that they can adjust to different sizes and, and internet bandwidth. I mean, it's far above my understanding of the internet. So I hear it's not cheap either. So um, yeah, that's, that's something I, I mean, it's, it's a difficult situation, but uh, look for them to reinstate your channel, but they're going to, they're going to keep screwing with you at every, at every uh, turn. That's just what they do. It's not even them anymore. It's not even a person, right? It's like an, an algorithm or something that will shut yeah. you down and you'll get shut down and that'll be the end of it. This is YouTube. It's Google. They're running the world right now. And they, they feel, and correct me if I'm wrong or if you feel differently, but I feel like they feel like they know better and uh, they want you to uh, subscribe to a certain point of view. And that is all. They don't want you to see anything else. So anything that goes against what they are trying to put out, they're going to chop up. And this is what you're doing, man. You, you're, you're talking bad about the goddess Taylor Swift, Isaac. Come on. You're, you're talking <laughs> crap about Ariana Grande. 
This is not going to fly. We have to cut this up. Dave Chappelle. What'd you say about Dave, man? Well, if you watch, he had a Netflix special that came out on New Year's Eve uh, 2017. It's 2017? Man, I don't know. Uh, anyways, he had a New Year's special on Netflix called The Bird Revelation. Okay. And on it, he I put together a compilation of different clips from the two-part special where he is essentially explaining to people why he had that meltdown where he went to Africa when he quit the Chappelle show. Yeah. And he tells you through an allegory and, and it's a little veiled, but at, in the, uh, in the show, he, he uses an allegory taken from a book, um, by iceberg slim called pimp or something to that effect. And in it, they basically stage a murder in order to manipulate and control one of the prostitutes that was trying to leave her pimp. Hmm. And he basically is saying like, that's what happened to him. And then he also talks about how if we're going to fight the control system, we're going to have to have some unsavory friends, meaning we're condemning a lot of these actors and uh, stuff for doing inappropriate things like you know uh, the first thing that comes to mind is like louis ck how he was like trying to uh, allegedly uh, jack off in front of some female comics yeah yeah there's like all these kind of sexual harassment claims and stuff and he was basically trying to say like if you at least how i interpret it was if we're gonna move past there's a there's an insidious core to hollywood and entertainment and he says if you we want this to stop we're going to have to quit condemning people that come out and say that, that that are coming out and saying that they've taken part of some of these things. Yeah. Because right now the environment is such that you cannot say that you were taking part of anything improper because it's a witch hunt and your career is done. And that's essentially what he's saying. And it's like, and, and there's a, several other clips I kind of spliced together alluding to the idea of that maybe there was, cause he says something about how, what if there's something worse than sexual abuse and you know, what could be worse, you know, sacrifice, sacrificing yeah. children, pedophilia. I mean, there, there's documentaries out there about the pedophilia in Hollywood. So, I mean, that's the question is, is what is he driving at? Because he doesn't tell you, he doesn't outright tell you the truth, tell you what happened, but he gives you enough that you could definitely see that angle. This is it. on, this is on daily motion. You said, uh, you know, I think they took it down. I'm gonna, man, I'm gonna have to upload it to the the DTube. Upload it to DTube and start uh, start another YouTube channel if you really want to go back. Illuminati eyes too. Screw it. <laughs> what, I mean, good, huh? what's the best they can do? Shut that down too? What the? You know, who cares? May, may as yeah. well throw it up yeah. there. Man. I'd be interested in seeing this, man. Um, a couple of things, Dave Chappelle, and and then we'll move on, right? But uh, what's the what's worse, right? If he's talking about a murder, could you know, it's been it's been circulating, and I gotta ask you, as ridiculous as it sounds, um, could they have murdered the original Dave Chappelle? And this is a clone, right? They say that his cousin has come out. This has been a story in the media. His cousin has come out and said that he believes Dave Chappelle is a clone. I don't know how true this is, but that's that's a story I read. That he believes that this isn't the original Dave Chappelle. Any insight on this? 
Yeah, I've heard this before about the clone idea because he he looks different. He sounds a little different. Yeah, I you know on a, you know just at first glance, I don't think it to be true. But I mean, <laughs> is it possible? I mean, sure, anything's possible. Anything's possible. Yeah. I I talked with. Uh, I talked with. I was on a show where we were talking about this idea of the cloning, and one of the someone who wished to be unnamed was telling me on the side that this really happens. This whole thing of like these cloning centers, where these these people get because apparently the Illuminati or whoever these people are have mastered consciousness transfer. Wow, and. It's a pretty wild idea. And then it goes into this idea that alien bodies that people see are really just sort of blank slates that are set to have a, a consciousness transferred into. Hmm. And I mean, I mean, it's so far out there. It's hard to wrap your head around that kind of stuff. So, like, is it possible? Sure. Do I, like, believe it? I mean, not particularly. Uh, I don't I don't not look at it like if someone's got an argument for it I'll gladly listen like I'm pretty open-minded about that kind of stuff but yeah. like I, I, it's not something I can run with and be like oh this is happening you know yeah yeah well I think that one thing that we can definitely say is that something is really weird with what happened with Dave Chappelle and he yeah. came out and put it out there in a lot of ways so is it as wild as cloning and conscious transfer probably not but maybe I'm not going to rule that out, but is something going on? Absolutely. Absolutely there's something going on. For a man to give up 50 million, something is going on. And and everything that's going on in the record industry or or in the entertainment industry, I should say, but let's move on to the record industry, to the hip hop industry, to the entertainment pop industry, which is your specialty. You did write several books, one of them being The Dark Path. And uh, they get into a bunch of this stuff. Listen, I want to talk about your homegirl, Ariana Grande, that you love so much. <laughs> She's my best friend, man. Uh, uh, and you do a hell of an Ariana Grande impression, which I want you to recreate here for us at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but Ariana Grande! <laughs> no. Uh, no, man. That's, uh, yeah, that's right. I did do that impersonation. She's very nasally, you know? Yeah, 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 man. And she's... Uh, <laughs> You know what I found interesting about Ariana, and then we'll get into into it because you did say uh, that she was an Illuminati witch. I don't know if you were being tongue in cheek, but um, you said that. I did? Yes, you did. Oh man, okay. <laughs> but it's 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 very possible. I and here, let me give you my my take on it, and then I'll I'll let you I'll let you come in. And I think I think this is similar to what you ultimately think. I I don't think she is an, an Illuminati witch per se. I think she's being used by whatever the Illuminati is, and that's a term that's been overblown, right? The Illuminati, the New World Order, the 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 elite, whomever's controlling things. That's what I mean when I say that. So uh, I think she's being used. She's a useful idiot. She's a puppet. Uh, do you feel like she knows that she's being used? I know she's into Kabbalah and she wants to be like Madonna whom is another person that I can't really stand. But, um, but I, I don't feel like she's in the club, you know, like she is in the know. I mean, there's people that write her songs for her. There's people that direct her videos for her. So I feel like she's being manipulated. Get what I'm saying? Yeah, man, for sure. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think, I think what, what you've got here is like, you know, you've got a good looking girl. She apparently can sing i don't know what it takes to be a good singer but oh, she can sing her ass off i'll give her that 
Yeah. It says she can sing, so uh, I'll take their word on that. I mean, <laughs> and nowadays they got so much like auto tune and stuff; it's hard to tell what's real. But um, yeah, that what's I don't think she I don't think she really understands because because what the way I think it happens, and this is just you know, Book of Isaac, as it were. But the the <laughs> way I think it goes is these people are sort of brought in based upon certain characteristics that they have that. The, the, the entertainment industry says we can make some money off this person and the person's brought in. They're kind of like, Hey, we're going to make you a star. Cause who wouldn't want that? Right. Yeah. Um, just follow our lead. And then they do what they're told and it works out and they pretty much live in, in ignorant bliss of what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Now I think that they also it seems to me like, like you said with Madonna, uh, who she got Ariana Grande into Kabbalah, which Ariana Grande was sort of raised in a Catholic environment, which is pretty far from the, the Jewish Kabbalistic system there. But she is heavily into it so much so that she's got a tattoo on her hand of the what they call the 72 names of God, which was also a name used in Aleister Crowley's Golden Dawn, which is like where you get into like ritual magic which is kind of the most – to me, that's the the idea with the most traction out of all of this conspiracy talk about an Illuminati is this this ritual magic sort of idea. But they're, but they're getting Ariana Grande into this this arena and when, when you put a certain amount of energy or focus onto thoughts when, when, coming from their belief system of, of ritual magic – when you when you put a certain something out into the universe, it'll come back, sort of like a law of attraction idea. So when she said that she hopes her fans all die <laughs> back in 2014, and then she's has this concert in Manchester where they uh, a terrorist or whoever shot up the place and killed some of her fans, it makes one wonder if this wasn't something that she manifested. Because these artists, these celebrities, they've got so much, so much power energetically that I think they are able to, you know, do things that most of us could not. They're because in, in terms of the ritual magic, it's all about this energetic field, this unseen sort of subconsciousness, and these these artists they're able to channel so much energy, which is, you know, going back to what I said earlier, it's like you go to a, a a rock concert or whatever, there's an energy there and you, you can't deny it. That's why people keep going back to concerts. Cause, cause think about it. Concerts are a freaking nightmare. You pay way too much for a <laughs> ticket. You can't hear what the artist is saying. You can't see what the artist is doing unless you got like the best seats, which are like a thousand bucks or whatever. The parking sucks. The, the drive home, trying to get out of there sucks. I mean like it's it, concerts are kind of a hassle. But you go there because the energy, everyone's focusing their energy towards that artist and they get something out of that. Yeah. And then what do they do with that? Well, she re redirected it, I believe, when she said she hopes her fans die. And then they died. And then to sort of cover their tracks about this, the article talking about this on BuzzFeed was removed yeah. right after because I, cause I looked for the article right after the the shooting in Manchester and they had removed it. And BuzzFeed, they're like some of the biggest page shills in this whole thing. They're the biggest distraction 
you go to the trending YouTube page, they're always on there because, you know, they just have nothing but like these dumb, thoughtless pieces. Uh, but and it's funny because they're allowed to say whatever they want, but you know people like me or, or Crow or whatever we we float some ideas out there and it's now all of a sudden a hate crime or, or whatever they want to call it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Or, or CERN gets to create black holes and they don't get called on it. Stuff like that, you know, <laughs> that, that happens yeah. all the time. But uh, uh, Ariana Grande, right? So she allegedly said this, and I I feel where you're coming from, right? With the with a little bit of the mysticism and, and you say it, you put it out there and who knows, right? She might have some type of influence in order to get that uh, mystically or put it out in the universe and then it actually happens. So then the Manchester attacks happened, that bombing. Um, there's a lot of evidence po- pointing in the direction of a false flag. Could she, could she have been in the know? And that's why she said it. I don't know if it goes that far or not, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I think that she talked about in her past something about making contact with demons, and I think it was like they went to some they went to some graveyard that was supposed to be haunted or a church or something like that, mm-hmm. and she talked about how she had this demonic experience, and I don't know I don't I give Ariana Grande more credit than to think that she actually would want her fans to die. I don't believe that to be true, but like, I think when you've got too much energy focused to you and you can manifest things, uh, you got to be careful with it. And maybe she learned a lesson from that. I don't know. I mean, uh, one thing I do know is that they don't publicly talk about all of these sort of occult belief systems that are very pervasive in entertainment, which is what keeps me keeps me plugged into this stuff because it, it just blows my mind every time I see something that's occult related in these these works that they put out and no one's talking about it. You know, BuzzFeed, they want to decode Taylor Swift videos or whatever, but they're not going to tell you, uh, you know, the the occult symbolism behind a lot of these things that they're doing. Yeah, this is true. Um, you know, it's it's funny because Ariana Grande talks about demons. You know, Beyonce has talked about being possessed by demons. Uh, you name it, right? Uh, what's your face? Nicki Minaj has split personalities. What is it? I, I forget. Roman. Roman Polanski mm-hmm. or whatever the hell the yeah. name of her freaking uh, double entity spirit person is. Um, we got Bob Dylan admitting that he sold his soul to something. You know, why is this so pervasive in the music industry? Why are they always talking about demons and a relationship between their career and, you know, the, the quote-unquote satanic or quote-unquote demonic to, to propel their careers in a particular way? Like, I don't know. This is kind of weird to me. Yeah, man. And, like, uh, you know, like Nicki Minaj had that Roman – I think she's called a Roman Zolansky for some reason. There you go. Play. And, and which, which is curious because Jimmy Page talked about Zoso, which was like – his sort of demonic alter ego spirit or whatever. And, uh, you know, Eminem talks about the rain man and, and it goes on and on and on and on. And I talked about it in all my, a uh, couple of my books. Yeah. But, um, the, that is a good question. Why, why do they choose these people? And what I believe is that these artists, they have a, a certain strength in that, they are more right-brained than than most. Um, they are able to sort of tap into something 
some kind of realm that people who aren't creative or who are not artists aren't able to do. They, and, and a good example of this is Katy Perry. She had her new album release, and as part of the promotion, she had video cameras in her house for, I think it was like a 24 or 48 hour period. And she had various famous people coming over and I just caught bits and pieces of it. Cause you know, I'm not a fan of Katy Perry necessarily, really? but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I, but I like watching what these people do because there's always, there seems to always be something weird happening. And, um, so she has the, uh, the astrophysicist guy, the rock star astrophysicist, Neil deGrasse Tyson, come oh, over. Great. Yeah, one of my favorite people in the whole world. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, is that so? Yeah, love him. Pear-shaped Earth. I believe that. Yeah, that's, he said it, not me. Go ahead. Uh, anyway, okay. Yeah, so, so Neil deGrasse Tyson comes over, and they're having a talk, and they get on the subject of aliens, because, you know, he, that's, his, that's in his wheelhouse of things to talk about. And he tells her, that when the aliens come, they should have only the artists there to communicate with them when they when they arrive, because the artists are able to. He, according to him, he says because artists, they're, the way their brains work, they they're more able to be tuned into another person's person's senses better, sort of like a you know I don't know if you mean like telepathically ESP, some to that effect. Yeah, and. That really resonated with me because previous to that, I had written Sacrifice Magic Behind the Mic, which is all about the rap music uh, tie-ins with the occult. And my research for that suggested that some of these artists, particularly the females, were being used to channel entities channel spirits particularly the goddess archetype mm -hmm. because when you when you research the occult and a lot of these sort of alternate alternative religions paganism and such and witchcraft they all are obsessed with the goddess because they believe that and i'm, I'm probably oversimplifying it so if there's any occultists out there listening calm down <laughs> but <laughs> in general they, they think that we, we've gone through different cycles of, of time where there was a matriarchy before there was a patriarchy that we're in right now. Yeah. And they, they want to channel these goddesses from a previous time, like Semiramis or Isis. And they want to – so like Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, they're all used for their creative minds – as optimal vehicles to channel these goddess spirits and Jeez, these goddess entities. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and it makes sense when you look at like Britney Spears, for example, when she had her big breakdown, it's like these people are used as vehicles and whether they know it or not, I, I don't know. Obviously I'm not there. I don't know how this works, <laughs> but, um, why would, why would someone like Britney Spears have this big mental breakdown? Why would she shave her head and, tell people that she's tired of people plugging things into her and then carve 666 on her hand and, <laughs> uh, you know, all this wacky stuff. It's, it's just very odd behavior from these people. <laughs> My God. And, 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 and if you look at, um, you know, uh, David Bowie, he, he talked about how he was this androgynous alien and Kanye West. He also talks about how he was this 
starseed alien coming to save the Earth, which was just like the plot line from Ziggy Stardust. Uh, and when Kanye had his big breakdown mentally, uh, these people are subjected to something. And I don't I think it's far more than just the stresses of being a famous person, because you don't see these kinds of breakdowns uh, from, you know, like like politicians, for example, like they're famous also. And they don't seem to break down like all these sort of artists do, these creative types. Well, you know what? The, and uh, the thing is, right, with Kanye, I think you can make an argument that he is actually creative. But um, with someone like a Britney Spears or, or even, I, I'll go as far as to say Madonna, you know, uh, I, I really don't think there's much creativity going on there. They, they are, they... <laughs> I like 80s Madonna. I can't deny 80s Madonna. But it's how much, I, I don't hate 80s Madonna. I, I like, <laughs> uh, what is it, Get Into the Groove. I like Material oh, yeah. Girl. I, I like stuff like that. But did she write this stuff? Or was yeah, it given know. to her? You know, it was given to her. She definitely didn't put the music together. She didn't put the music videos together. I'm assuming they told her what to do when she got on stage. This is what they do. They've been doing it for a long time. So how creative is a Madonna? You know, or how creative is Britney Spears or Katy Perry, who is horrible? There's, no, well, at least to me, you know, if, if you like Katy Perry, Isaac, Hey, I'll fall back. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, man. No, I, I, I agree, man. I think because I think that they know the, the the handlers. They know the formula for success. Yeah. Obviously, they do. You know, and they're just looking for conduits to to be what they need them to be. Um, and I was looking while we were talking here. There is a uh, in the dark path that book I wrote where I go into all this. Kenneth Grant, he was a guy who was one of the many people who claimed to be the successor to Aleister Crowley. Mm -hmm. Again, we're, and if, if people aren't familiar with who we're talking about, basically it's like these occultist people that are into ritual magic and the Kabbalah and all this stuff like, like Ariana Grande is into. This is stuff she practices. Uh, Kenneth Grant wrote in a book called Outside the Circles of Time. And I'm going to read this quote here because this, this just sort of relays the point that I'm saying uh, without – People try to think I'm looking too much into something. And it says, certain fugitive elements appear occasionally in the works of poets, painters, mystics, and occultists, which may be regarded as genuine magical manifestations in that they demonstrate the power and ability of the artist to evoke elements of an extra-dimensional and alien universe that may be captured only by the most sensitive and delicately adjusted antenna of human consciousness. Wow. So to me, that's that's what he's saying, and yeah, that's yeah. what uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is saying when he says Katy Perry needs to talk to the aliens, <laughs> and and um, when uh, oh, what's the dude's name when um, X died at uh, XXX Temptation, yeah, I saw I don't remember who it was, but someone said something about how we need to be more uh, sensitive to these artists because they're a little bit more uh, more delicate or you know, sensitive or something to that nature because they're, they're not, they're, they're, they feel too much. Okay. Um, and a lot of us who aren't on this level of creativity don't really get it, but I, but I do know people in my personal life that I can see that they are so tuned in through, through empathy and, uh, you know, feeling what other people feel, that it affects them greatly to see any kind of like suffering or something. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, most of us see this 
happen and we think oh geez calm down like you're being too sensitive you know but the reality is like some people they they're able to tune into something that on an energetic level that that we cannot yeah and you know uh what kind of grant said there is testimony to that idea no i i don't disagree with that I, you know, like even like, let's say autistic people, they see things differently and we may not vibe with it and there might be something wrong there, but there are areas that they see that, that we don't, or there are some people that see shapes in sounds, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, I get that type of thinking. I just think Neil deGrasse Tyson should go talk to Stevie Wonder instead of freaking Katy Perry. He's not <laughs> getting it here. Like I go, you know, Stevie Wonder... Uh, that guy, he might be tuned into something. He's a real creative while Katy Perry's walking around almost bumping into walls. I don't want to say bad stuff about people, but she's just not that good. Um, and, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just what it is. So, I mean, but I get the overall here uh, that you want to have someone that's so creative that maybe they think differently, see things differently, and therefore are able to tap into something that most of the population cannot or have a hard a harder time doing because i believe everybody can do it i just think some people can do it better than others go ahead yeah 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 i agree with you i agree with you on that i think that when we're children we're able to sort of uh be open to more potential or you know the universe whatever you want to call this thing happening and as you get older your mind because the mind is a real Real fucked up deal, man. Yeah. It, it, it's it really is a weird thing. It's basically a a pattern recognizer, and if you don't take a step back and realize what your mind is telling your your soul, uh, it can really give you a hard time. And I've gone through like lots of uh, lots of counseling. I've read through tons of these uh, new age books. Uh, I've read a lot of self help books, and I've even tried like meditation and stuff. Um, so a lot of these things that these occultists or new agers are talking about, they're not entirely wrong. They're not wrong at all. In my they're not opinion. wrong at all. They understand how the mind works yeah. a little bit better than like than some other religi- religions, perhaps. Um, I, I think the the uh, to throw the baby out with the bathwater isn't a wise <laughs> idea either. I yeah. just I, I get concerned about different. There's different camps within this occult group. And the uh, the Luciferians are the are the ones that believe Lucifer uh, to be their true god, this god of light over them, which is why you know, which you know, you can get into all these ideas about the Illuminati being the illuminated ones, uh, but but um, yeah, I think I think we, as we grow up, our minds sort of like try to f- form a more concrete understanding of the world around us, yeah, uh, and. And that it gives us a real great disservice to, when we when we shut off some of these more far out there ideas. Hey Amen. I get it, Isaac. Let me get a couple of more things from you before we have to wrap here. OK, I want to talk about Triple uh, X temptation or Triple X tentacion. I think that's what it was. I'm not a fan or I can't say I'm not a fan. I never really listened. I listened when he died and he was talking about some, you know, some some esoteric Illuminati type stuff when I did hear it. I don't know about most of his music. I heard one or two things. So I want to talk about that and I want to talk about Drake because you mentioned it in one of your podcasts and I want you to rehash some of that here. But before we get into that, what do you think about Tupac? I want to say what's up to my boy Vince. 
right? Um, and I, I, don't, I don't know if you've done any work on this, but was Tupac a blood sacrifice? What do you think of that murder? What happened with that? Man, that's a, that's a real weird one. Um, yeah, so I wrote about that in Sacrifice, and I'm trying to encapsulate what it was I had figured out on that. There was a lot of weirdness involved with Death Row Records. Yeah. Um, Suge Knight was through Six Degrees of Separation, which it, it seemed kind of sketchy when I read it, was connected in with uh, some some people that gave him some money to start Death Row Records because they knew that the gangster rap genre would be kind of like a big deal. And then Tupac had to pretty much sign himself over to Suge Knight in order to get out of jail. Yeah. And basically that's how he got his, uh, his time at death row in with, you know, all eyes on me, uh, double album and so on. But he wanted from what I, my research points to, he wanted to get out from under Suge Knight and death row records. Uh, that's why he had, talks with chuck d in order to push a more positive vibe in the uh, black community he like like a lot of people don't understand like when he said thug life that meant the hate you give little infants fucks everyone and he was basically just <laughs> trying to say that you know he, he's saying and, and i get it man like it's kind of like a it's kind of more of a liberal sort of point of view but he's saying it's like you know the way the politics in America goes, people will sit here and say, like, you can't have an abortion because every life is precious. But then once that baby gets here, there's no more there's no more help. There's no more support for you know single mothers trying to raise these kids gotcha. or uh, kids coming from poor homes. I mean, these are these are kids that are born in pe people who are in the position to think about abortions. Like no one's happy about that decision. And uh, he's basically just saying, like, look, man, like uh, you need to. You need to take care of the kids a little and, – and I get like there's this whole argument about self-responsibility and all that. I'm, let's put that aside for a moment. But he's just basically saying it's like if you don't show love or have a, a decent kind of support system for, for kids that um, they're going to grow up to be, be uh, you know people who are undesirable in society. Um, and he had an interview with – I'm not sure who it was, MTV or something. And he basically was like, look, man, it's like if I knock on the door and say, hey, I'm hungry. Can I get some food? And then you don't answer it. I'm going to knock a little bit harder Take the next it. day because yeah, I'm getting hungry. That. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm paraphrasing. But yeah. he said at some point we're going to kick that damn door in and we're going to get the food, you know? Yeah. And he's saying that like no one's listening to this, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, group of people that he, he you know, spoke to. Um, so he wanted to start a more positive movement with Chuck D., and that was when he got taken out. And what was odd was that he knew that something was coming because, again, we, we go back to this idea that these artists, they quite potentially have this ability to see into this hidden realm, uh, almost like a, a medium or a fortune teller, which which I believe those things do exist. I don't I don't know that they're all authentic and genuine, but I, I do believe that there are people who can sort of see spirits or whatever. Um, and I'm not one of them. I've never had this sort of supernatural ability or experience, but I have seen enough uh, mediums and such that I've, I've seen them demonstrate that they are able to get in touch with something that proves out of this world. Uh, so Absolutely. Tupac, yeah. So Tupac was saying uh, before he went to Vegas, 
he was going to take his bulletproof vest, but then he changed his mind because he said, you know, it's too damn hot because it was like summertime in Vegas or whatever, 110 degrees. Uh, so he so he backed out of that. Um, and then he gets shot. But what's curious is like nobody – how can they not find who shot Tupac? He was in Vegas right off the strip on a Friday or Saturday night. I mean how could there not be – so many eyewitness reports or video camera footage. I mean, you're in Vegas. This is, uh, you know, they got more money than any, anywhere, you know, they got to have cameras every, on every corner, every casino. I mean, it just doesn't add up to me. And I, I do think that either he knew it was coming or he felt that it was going to happen, especially cause it's like the Machiavelli idea of, you know, faking your own death was the name of that last album of his. Yeah. Um, He's definitely got the most kind of peculiar sort of death that there is. You also, yeah, I I, I think there's something. I I I think to answer your question, I think there was something there. I think, I think there was a a reason he was taken out. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. There's so many theories out there about it. Uh, I didn't go as deep as I could have in the book because it could have, you know, it's obviously it's a whole book in and of itself. Yeah. uh, Between the, the murders of Pac and Big. And I, I should say, I didn't prep you for this. I just threw this on you right now. So uh, you did a pretty d- decent job considering I just threw this on you. <laughs> um, also, you, you did mention about faking his death. And that's kind of a segue to Triple X Tentacion because um, I haven't heard this anywhere else but from you. So we're getting it from the source here. Um, not that you're saying he did fake his death, but you say it could be possible because he faked his death in the past. Uh, something like that. News to me. And this is just because I don't follow this guy. Um, also, I want you to talk about the Drake connection here. I think it's important. Not necessarily important, but very, very interesting. So go ahead. Yeah, man. So so I'm a fan of the hip-hop genre. Still? So I knew... Still, Isaac? Still? Yeah, man. Yeah, I listened to these SoundCloud rappers. Oh, I was gosh. one of the first ones <laughs> to, be like, to be like, man, these SoundCloud rappers are garbage. But, uh, you yeah, know, I mean... Not everything can be a, a quality, you know, J. Cole track. Like some, you know, sometimes I just need something dumb to get me in a good mood, you know? <laughs> hey, put <laughs> so, me on to something, man. I, I, I'm, I'm listening to, to straight up 90s, early 2000s, and I don't get past it anymore. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think 90s is, is clearly the best times in rap music for sure. Or Action uh, Bronson. Know, I, that's it. I don't go past that. That's all I got right now. Put me on to something. <laughs> but go ahead. Well, <laughs> yeah. So. So I knew who X was. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I, he had that first single that came out. It was called Look At Me. And I, I wasn't overly impressed with it. It sounded kind of messy and sloppy. And, but, I, but I looked him up and I saw some of like he was – a lot of his Instagram stuff. He was doing like the all-seeing eye thing and the Moloch horns and like all the symbolism that we've come to know from uh, these people that are, that are supposedly in this Illuminati sort of circle. So I postulated about that idea, and um, and I hadn't really thought much of him since then. Then he got shot, uh, and I guess it was about May or June. He got shot and killed. And what was curious was the video that we got of this on TMZ was basically of a, of a guy running up on his car, and all you see you don't see any blood or anything really. But they see X slumped over on his seat there, or slumped back, I should say, I guess. Um, and it was really grainy. It could have easily not been him, or it could have easily been him pretending to be dead. But 
whatever. I'm not I'm not the kind of guy who's like I don't go too ar- too far off the deep end with this stuff. Mm-hmm. But then what was curious was on his last Instagram video, he said if he was going to ever be a sacrifice, he wanted to at least know that he made you know three million kids happy or something like that. And it, it's a curious thing for for one to say because if you look at um, his his previous like few months he was having a, a, a beef with Drake Aubrey and because uh, Aubrey took one of his song took a song that he released and it sounded exactly like one of X's songs and I don't remember which song it was but anyways it sounded very much like it um, so so X went on the social media and was like talking bad about Drake and then I guess I don't know if there was a little exchange, but at one point on X's Instagram, he posted uh, a message, and I, I can't recall what it said, but it said something about how if he ever dies, Drake did it. Jesus. And he says, I'm, I'm, I'm snitching right now. And this was like a couple months before he died. Wow. Then he died, then he gets shot and killed, and then you look at, Drake had a song that was popular at the time, and some of the lyrics say uh, tr- uh, he, he's talking about he's doing a sort of like double entendre thing where he's talking about um, sending dirt, uh, sexual text messages with with a person. And he says like triple X SMS, you know, talking about like SMS text messages. And he says the only time I shoot is below the neck. And that's where X got shot was in the neck. Hmm. Um, so people kind of put that together where you have like, you know, X, X, X. And then the next line is getting shot below the neck, uh, which, which is also curious because if you look at, um, if you look at Drake, he has all this symbolism. And I've been looking at this for years about him. You know, he's got the symbol of the owl for his, his record label OVO and doesn't necessarily explain why that is. So, for years, I've been saying, like, you know, Drake's <laughs> Drake's in the Illuminati because the owl is symbol of Minerva, uh, again, one of these goddesses. Yeah. And that's the same owl that you see at the Bohemian Grove where yeah. every year these elites gather together to do a, a supposed mock sacrifice of a child to this big owl god called the Cremation of Care Ceremony. Uh, so there's all these sort of like curious elements. And what I found to be really weird was that nobody in the mainstream was even even floating this idea. And there's so much sort of, I'm not going to say evidence, but so many weird things that point to Drake being the, <laughs> the the man who took X out that no one's talking about. And, of course, you've got these four guys that they arrested that they say did it. And, and maybe, you know, very possible. I mean, X was always – he was talking about – you know, these rappers, they talk about driving around with Gucci bags that are full of thousands of dollars of cash. And sure enough, like that's what they took out of his car after they shot him. Wow. Interesting uh, as hell, man. Good. You got yeah, you got to finish up. Go ahead. Yeah. It's, it's just a curious case. The whole, the whole thing is very odd. It is. It's incredible, man. It's, I, I don't know much about it uh, besides what you put out, but I, as I just immediately told myself, I need to Ask Isaac about this to have him talk about it because I'm sure people are going to find it fascinating because I found it fascinating. Just a little bit before we wrap here, I 
I were talking about hip hop and I'm about to go for a jog right after this. So I was like, let me download some stuff. And I, I look up Joey Badass. First thing that comes up is Infinity 888, Triple X Tentacion. That's a good song too. That's a good song. <laughs> Featuring like Joey, Ad, uh, Joey Badass. No, but check this out, right? So the name of the song, the name of the show is The Infinite Fringe, right? We're talking about Triple X Tentacion and uh, what comes up. You know, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you know, so that, that's interesting that's as hell, man. I just, I just yeah. had to put that out there. Uh, also, before you, before we sign off, uh, you spoke about the goddess Minerva, uh, and uh, it being uh, the owl goddess, and that's uh, what constantly gets confused for uh, Molik at, at Bohemian Grove. A Molik is actually a bull, um, but also it's important to note if you look at the goddess Columbia. And you look at the goddess Minerva, they're a lot alike. So it might be the same goddess that they're worshiping, and it's the same goddess all over Washington, D.C. Just wanted to throw that in there for anybody that's interested. Go ahead, Isaac. Yeah, they, w these goddesses, they're all different sort of variations and uh, uh, different different representations of the same sort of goddess spirit or force. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, of course, yeah, there's, there's different... Different uh, names: Columbia, Semiramis, Isis, Statue of Liberty. You know all those things. <laughs> Very cool, Isaac. It's been a blast, man. I, I'm glad we got this done. Hold on, uh, when we wrap, I want to say goodbye. But but thank you. Tell everyone where they can find you, everything that you're doing, where they can catch your videos, and I'm pretty sure we're going to see you on YouTube. It's not the end of it. Also, Illuminati Watcher, Illuminati Eyes 2 is coming to YouTube <laughs> at some point. Don't yeah. quote me on that. I just, I'm just throwing that out there. But go ahead. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, so the best way, I used to flow it out all my socials, but God knows how long I'll be on before they kick me off. But um, the best way to go to IlluminatiWatcher.com, and you can sign up for a free email newsletter, and that'll give you it'll give you access to all the archived articles, and, uh, all my latest stuff as I send it out. But I've got a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. It's called Conspiracy Theories and Unpopular Culture. Uh, I've got social media, Twitter, I'm at Illuminati Eyes. Instagram, I'm at Isaac Weishop, which if you go to my Instagram, I posted a couple images. I just went to out to Area 51 recently and I'm putting together like a little video documentary thing about it. Um, but I posted a couple images on my Instagram. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Illuminati Watcher is the, you know, whatever. And then Isaac Weishop as a personal Facebook page, but I don't really mess with Facebook too much. But if, if you're on that, I, I do post my updates there as well. You don't really mess with Facebook too much, but Facebook will mess with you. This is the, <laughs> <laughs> this is the Infinite Fringe. My name is Billy Ray Valentine, man. I had a blast today. Make sure you tune in next week. We got more fun stuff for each and every one of you. All right, man. Love you guys. Take it easy. Bye-bye. All right. That was the great show. Check out Billy Ray's Infinite Fringe. Again, you can get some of my videos banned from YouTube. Gumroad.com backslash Isaac W. You can also go to Patreon to support my cause. Patreon.com backslash Illuminati Watcher. Surely you've heard me talking about it by now, right? Uh, Alright, thanks again, and uh, next time will be another great episode of the Conspiracy Theories and Unpopular Culture podcast. As always, be your best for those who deserve your best.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.